Thanks for joining the Human Resources for Small Business podcast, where we discuss best practices in HR, hot topics, strategy, and employment law changes that have an impact on business. Follow us on our website at www.zeniumhr.com to get access to our articles, alerts, and to listen to other podcast episodes. And now, here's your host, Brandon Laws, with today's episode. Welcome back, everybody, for another podcast. This is the HR for Small Business podcast. I am your host, Brandon Laws. And before we jump into today's topic, I wanted to talk real quick about finding us on iTunes. Feel free to, to give us a review. We would be very grateful for it. And also, we're always looking for new topics. So in, um, email us at info at zeniumhr.com, and we'd love to hear what you want to hear. Um, this is, is about you and the listener. So uh, feel free to send us your topics, and we will schedule those for a future podcast. But now on to the topic for the day. We're going to talk about employer branding, and I have brought Lacey Halpern, an HR business partner at Zenium, back with me. She's been with us several times, and we are very fortunate to have her once again. Welcome, Lacey. Thanks for having me here. So we're going to talk employer branding, and I'll set the stage a little bit. Lacey and I, uh, along with Susie Alliga, we had uh, a workshop on culture development back in August of 2014. And we do plan to have this this workshop again in 2015. But one of the sections we talked about was employer branding. And we're hearing this come up quite a bit about folks that want to be perceived as an employer of choice in the market uh, to attract and retain great people. And so this, this notion of employer branding, we're going to talk about what it is. And so Lacey, maybe kick us off and, and I can dive in here too. Uh, but what is an employer brand and what, what is it made up of overall? I think it's important to point out first, I think there's two different types of brand. There's the internal brand that a company has that, you know, is the culture of the environment, it's the people that currently work there, it's the leadership team, and then there's also the external brand, which I think is more your expertise, Brandon, but that's how the employer shows up in the marketplace, the types of clients that that employer attracts, um, it's how they attract new talent, it's uh, usually embedded within the recruiting systems that the company has, um, and then internally it's included in the retention strategies that the company puts in place. So I'll just add a little bit to what you just said, Lacey, and and say that the employer brand in, in my world would be the feeling that internal and external people have about the brand. Um, when you think about marketing, it's it's the way it's perceived. So like a logo would be a symbol of that brand, and then people see it across the marketplace and they, they have a feeling towards it. The employer brand is no different. I think the employees have a certain perception of what it is like to, to work for a company. I think it's made up of a lot of things. The culture impacted, the the way in which you market that brand, the way uh, you, you mentioned performance reviews and job descriptions. All of those things make up that employer brand. And then what you do on the external side is also made up of the employer brand. We'll talk about that in a little bit, but but I think it's, yeah, it's, it's very far-reaching. I think people need to pay more attention to it yeah basically. I think it's the internally it's it's almost just how employees talk about the place mm-hmm. that they work um, on social media mm-hmm. maybe with each other with their friends and I think we have really seen uh, with our growth um, it really becoming solidified who Zenium is here internally there's always been a culture but it's certainly um, 
I mean, we, we definitely know who we are now. Um, and we've found ways to integrate that brand into all of our people practices. Yeah. And so when you think about the employer brand, naturally you want to say, okay, leadership is the, is the people that come up with whatever it is and then, and go to, you know, blast it out, uh, to not only the internal folks, but externally as well, job descriptions, all those things. Right. But we both know that that's not the case. It's, no, I think that's when it falls down. I think a company yeah. that relies on the senior leadership team or the president to carry the brand is losing out on a lot of opportunity to um, enhance the brand, call out exactly what it is, um, find new ways to integrate it. Your people, I think, are typically your best resource to get you know, talent in the door, their friends, uh, people they know that they network in. I think that relying on one small group of people to hold it is not as effective. I think there needs to be buy-in from leadership, though. I I think that the leadership team needs to be aligned together. I think that they need to, you know, have a way of interacting with the people that integrates the brand and that people feel connected and you know that goes back to things like transparency and communication and those things that are important at most businesses so something i talked about that i'll talk about here uh during that workshop is i I put up a venn diagram on the on the powerpoint screen and talked about how you have an hr department and they're actively recruiting and supporting the current employees you have leadership coming up and defining uh policies and philosophies and you know principles those sort of things and then you have marketing who's you know reaching out to prospective buyers and so when you overlap all those resources what you have in the middle is shared resources that all the employees can use and i think that's sort of your point is right. the culture is really the uh the result of all those those people working together and sharing the resources to create that brand and i think that's where the employer brand comes uh to fruition. Right. And that's often where recruiting stops. Like HR is responsible for meeting with the hiring manager and figuring out who it is that we want and what, you know, knowledge, skills, and abilities does the applicant have to have. And they post the job. And, you know, in a company, you know, of 50 plus people, you may have somebody who's dedicated to marketing. And why not use that resource to update your careers page and ensure that the brand is communicated in the job postings. You know, we're seeing a lot of our clients now integrate their culture, who they are as a business, um, really talking about their brand in those job postings. And we're seeing if, you know, if you go on LinkedIn, if you go on Indeed, any of the the major job posting sites, you'll begin to notice that what used to be a huge list of job duties and uh, qualifications has been shrunk down, and brand is definitely something that's talked about at the beginning of the postings, um, and it's usually taking up a bigger, chunkier part of, of the job postings nowadays. Let's pull a thread on that. That's interesting. So what you're saying is on job postings, historically, you would see the job duties almost immediately, right? Right. And it would just be a, a long list of things that this job would do. But now what you're saying is that the, the culture and employer brand comes first. It's now you know, what do we believe in or mm-hmm. what it's like to work here and right. then that's the differentiator, right? It is. Yeah. You want to hire people who believe what you believe. Yeah. Like that's, um, that's essential. And we can't all be exactly the same. That wouldn't, um, that wouldn't be effective either. But I think that there is a place in your external recruiting, um, to, to really highlight and identify 
the brand. I mean, think about it. When job postings were an ad in the newspaper, you know, a business maybe would have, you know, a one inch by one inch square and would have to be able to put in exactly what they're looking for. So there wasn't a place for brand. And as businesses have changed, customers have changed, um, employees have changed, applicants have changed, they want more. They want more than just a paycheck. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so by sharing who the company is, um, how they show up in the community, that's that's I think one the, way to do it. I think the bigger issue at play is you, you said something about the, the one inch by one inch square ad in the newspaper. I think that may have been effective back in the day because Absolutely. only some people with the resources to buy that in the first place could get that the space. Right. And I think what we're talking about here is fighting for eyes mm-hmm. and it's fighting for differentiation. And so when you think about all the employers that are out there, if they're listing their job descriptions in the same way and their websites look and feel the same way, there's n- how does a prospective employee find that the right fit? Right. That's why we're talking about the It's in the brand, brand, right? And it's it's the reputation in the community. So it's not just what gets posted on LinkedIn or Indeed. It's, you know, there are sites like Glassdoor where you can go on and see how applicants um, and even employees are talking about businesses. So um, there's with social media, the internet, and just word of mouth, um, an employer has an opportunity to really show up as an employer of choice. Um, if the brand is identified and people are talking about it. I have a, an actually a really good example. We're currently hiring for a position on our HR team here at Zenium and uh, had an interview yesterday, somebody that um, was applying, and she had kind of talked to a few different people here on the team and spent almost a day meeting with different groups of people in the final stages of the interview. And at the end of it, I asked her what's been most surprising about the process, about Zenium, what you've learned about us. And she said, the consistency in every single person that I've spoken with and how you talk about the way you work together as a team, even though you're managing individual books of business. So that, for me, really speaks to our brand, that it's a pool of resources, it's deep and it's wide and it's what our clients need, but it's also, we have that internally here for one another, the right people doing the right work. So So let's talk about that more because that was actually going to be my next question was what are the ways you can build the employer brand? Uh, Last time, um, and I believe it was our last podcast on the Zenium Promise, uh, where we talked about the guiding principles and what it's like to build those. So we built that, um, and maybe some employers would think, okay, we're done. Let's just, we'll launch that, publish it, and that's it. But we're integrating those, those principles throughout all of our practices and maybe yes. talk a little bit about, about how that's impacted the culture and then how that actually really impacts the employer brand and how we're perceived on the outbound side as well. Yeah, I, I think that in our last podcast, I think I said that's where the rubber meets the road mm-hmm. is it's not just posting it on the wall. It's not setting it up as every employee screensaver. It's finding ways to integrate it into people practices. So if the company believes in these you know, guiding principles, the promise, whatever it is that the business calls it, and employees' performance isn't evaluated based on those guiding principles, they're not effective. There's no reward for achieving that type of environment, and there's also no follow-up or accountability when somebody's not meeting those expectations. So that's one way that I think we've done a really great job here of integrating it. I think having a committee of employees that's employee-driven for a group our size also helps people that can be passionate about our promise people that have committed time and resources and energy and there's a budget allocated 
to it where we can further the promise and our brand out in the community by volunteering at, at different places or um, you know providing employees a match if they want to make a donation. Zenium will will also do a match. So different ways like that because employees want things different. Just like I've said, the marketplace has shifted. Customers don't just want quality, affordable products. They want service with it too. And so employees want the same thing from their employer. And by providing employees, different generations in the workplace want different things. Meeting everybody where they are. We can't meet everybody's needs all the time, but trying to have a diverse array of benefits and um, integrated pieces that the brand can really shine, that's what employees are looking for. When you said not everybody wants the same thing, I think that's why the brand is so important. So just like when you're looking for a prospective buyer, you're trying to find a specific type of person. Not everybody's going to fit for what we do. Some people want low cost over high-touch customer service, and we're the high-touch customer service, so we're not a fit for the people that want the low cost and, you know, just low-touch, that sort of thing. So when you talk about employees, they're seeking for a certain type of employer, maybe one that has a flexible work schedule and certain benefits that other places wouldn't offer. And so I think that's why the employer brand makes sense is because that's really on, that's the result of all those things on the external side. Um, so anyways, I think it's interesting, but, um, so what do you think are some ways that we talked about the promise, integrating some of those practices to really strengthen the employer brand, but what are some things that you're seeing other employers do or some things that we're doing that just helps all of the employees feed into that and help grow. Yeah, I think there's, you know, this is a topic of uh, conversation that is not going away. Uh, We're going to continue to have these conversations. We've got clients that are just at the point of starting to have a discussion about what is our brand? Um, You know, what differentiates us in the marketplace for prospective employees? So some people are kind of just in the beginning stages of trying to identify that. We've got some clients right now that are working through the project of having a task force identify guiding principles. Um, A lot of people were interested in that podcast that we did, really trying to understand what would it take for us to do that. And then we have some clients that have done that work and are at the stage of integrating or maintaining the integration that they've done. So I think if if I'm hearing your question correctly, you, you are interested in knowing that integration stage and what people are doing. And, you know, I've got a lot of clients that are looking at their systems that they've maybe had for several years, dusting them off, a handbook, job descriptions, performance reviews, kind of the the same thing that you hear HR people talking about, finding ways to integrate culture and brand into those, um, integrating it into the recruiting and hiring processes so that it's out there and external. Um, You know, I have clients that are creating committees, too, of employees to further their their brand and their culture. Which I think is so wise. Yes, Because they're the voice of the people at the end of the day. And I think... Like having our culture committee at Zenium, I think it's just done. It's done amazing. It's empowered us yeah. to to make decisions that impact the culture, and I'm sure that your clients are feeling the same thing. Yeah, and one thing I think just to to expand on the the committee, you know, our Zenium Excite committee doesn't generate revenue. It doesn't bring mm-hmm. in new clients. It doesn't add any dollars to the bottom line at all. And so a company, a president. Uh, board of directors might say, that's a waste of resources. Why do you have 10 people in a room for an hour talking, then sending emails all month long, then planning 
fun events because it doesn't generate any it's income. It's tough because there's no direct link. Yes. But I guarantee there's some there's a parallel between Exactly. That's that's the point that I'm trying to make is that you know, that committee helps with retention and it's costly to turn over employees. It helps with attracting new employees. It helps keep people here rejuvenated. Um, it appreciates employees. You know, we're in, I think this week we're going to be having a coffee cart come here and make coffees for employees for a couple hours. And it's an added expense, but just giving back to employees and making them feel appreciated goes a huge way. Sometimes more than 50 cent increases or you know, letting people leave early. And it's it's about meeting everybody's needs at different times during the year and trying to um, keep the population of, of your employees satisfied and fulfilled in the work that they're doing and what they're receiving from the company. We're running short on time, but I want to get to a couple more questions before we get the run. But if, okay, so if an employer or a business leader comes to you and says, I need to focus on this employer brand thing, What's the, what's the first thing I do? Maybe they don't have a lot. Uh, they don't have a ton of resources. So where do they even start? Yeah, I think the the first place to start is by having a dialogue with employees in the company, um, people who've been there for a long time, new employees, to figure out what is the brand. Because I think really every employer has it. Every company has a culture. So it's it's trying to hone in on what that is and pulling the thread um, on different ways that it's already integrated and then expanding it. So if the company doesn't have guiding principles, that may be a good place to start. If the company doesn't have a committee or resources dedicated to it, that may be another great place to start. But I think trying to figure out what the status of um, the system and the business is first, because there may be less work to do than than a president or an owner thinks. And what I would also add to that is, as a a leader, maybe it's a president of a small company or, or somebody who's in charge of all this, look at what your resources are. I know one thing that we, when we started this whole thing is what resources do we have in marketing? What do we have in HR? Who wants to lead this thing? And then what do we need to pull from? And then and build it from there. Um, And I know a lot of people are probably like, this is such a huge task to do. And there's so many things to do. I mean, we, we haven't even touched all the areas of employer branding because you could talk about like what to do on your website and what to do on social media and all those practices but we're just talking high level here and I think that's where to start is identify the resources figure out who's on board to help Mm -hmm. this project maybe even create a small committee of three four people and then go from there but again it's once you launch that it's you need to put the power in the people's hands. Yes. And that's what that's what creates the employer brand overall. And keeping the momentum going, too. Yeah. And um, I think it could be detrimental to, you know, announce to employees that there will be focus on this and then to have it fall by the wayside. So just ensuring that the resources you've identified are, are and will be consistent resources that you'll have as far as you can predict. And what are the pain points? Like, what is really hurting? And maybe it's it's a growing company and we're going to be hiring a lot of people. And so the focus needs to be on integrating people practices um, and culture and brand into that arena first before we focus on retention, because maybe we have a lot of really long-term employees and it's not necessarily something we need to have a high focus on. So just being really strategic and mindful, having a conversation with your HR business partner about this. If you're currently a client at Zenium, I think is another great place to start. This is probably an obvious question, but probably one that needs to be asked. What happens if you don't pay attention to the employer brand at all and do nothing about it? Yeah, I think there are companies that'll tell you that they're if they're not focused on it, they're having a hard time attracting talent. They're having a hard time retaining 
their employees. And it may be that the people that they have working for them are not fulfilled, maybe aren't in the right jobs, doing the right work. And I think a company um, would be wise to just spend some time and thought thinking about the topic and, and maybe sharing here in response to this podcast, what is your employer brand? What are you proud of? Um, and what areas maybe do you see to go to work? Lastly, where do you see this all going? Uh, do you think it's just a, a phase that we're talking about right now, or do you think it's going to be a bigger issue long-term? I think it'll continue to be a bigger issue. I think as baby boomers leave the workforce and millennials and um, Gen X employees continue to grow, um, I think that social media and the internet and uh, word of mouth networking and how prevalent that is right now um, in society, I think it's just going to continue. And I think employers are going to have to start to think about brand, maybe similarly to what they're thinking about in terms of compensation and benefits, that brand is equally as important. So I think the conversation will continue. We have uh, a workshop on April 16th at 1 o'clock p.m. here in Little Tualatin, Oregon, which is just south of Portland, Oregon. And I know we have listeners all over the nation. So if you're in the area, that'd be a great workshop to go to. We're going to talk about employer branding, but more importantly, we're going to talk about just the culture in general and how to, to how to enhance it, how to develop it. So um, look for that. Uh, details are on our website at zeniumhr.com. Lacey Halpern, thank you again for, for joining us. I know we didn't cover everything we probably wanted to, but I think uh, it gives, gives listeners a, a little taste for what this employer branding thing is all about. So thank yeah, you. You're welcome. We'd love to connect with anyone that's listening here via email or through LinkedIn. This podcast is produced by Zenium Resources, Inc., all rights reserved. For information on guests or for interview requests, please visit www.zeniumhr.com or email info at zeniumhr.com. Everything on this show should be considered educational and informational only and not personal advice. Please consult with the appropriate tax, legal, or business professional for individualized advice.